Hello and welcome to Business Lines Pulse podcast that tunes into all things health and pharmaceuticals. I'm Jyoti Datta. This year marks 75 years of independent India and today we're looking at freedom through the prism of mental health. Have the efforts that have been put in by you know for over many years now by mental professionals and the government has it helped break through the stigma that used to hold people back in the past. To discuss this today we have our guest Ms Neerja Birla the founder of Empower a mental health initiative backed by the Aditya Birla Education Trust. Thank you Neerja for joining us. Thank you so much Jyoti wonderful to be on this podcast with you. Thank you. So you know you started the center 5 years ago and over the last 5 years now are you seeing a change in the way people look to mental health or talk about it now? are they less shy to you know bring up their problems for starters oh yes absolutely you know we started empower in 2016 and that time you know we the first time i remember this <clears throat> so clearly when we had a press conference just to announce it and talk about it we had all of three journalists who attended it uh it was really telling actually of the taboo the stigma uh of the lack of awareness um and to be honest i was really taken aback i mean i knew that there is a huge amount of stigma and lack of awareness but it would have been this bad is not what i had actually envisaged so from there and even otherwise generally people were just not willing to talk about it schools were not willing to take on any outreach programs so it was quite uh, quite a dismal situation but from there to where we are today where now people are willing to talk about it the awareness has gone up tremendously uh corporates are open to taking uh you know outreach programs we've really come a long way actually um and even now i i find that regularly also people are now you know okay talking about how they're feeling um or you know if the kids if somebody in the family is not well they're they're willing to talk about it i didn't see any of that happening um say 5 6 years ago so there definitely has been a huge shift and uh, i think the uh, covid has a lot to uh, has a big role to play in that actually because it's really got mental health and the importance of mental well-being into very sharp focus so i think that has also contributed in people getting more aware and willing to talk about it and i think help seeking behavior has therefore seen a transformation people are willing to seek help for it now I think that's that's a huge thing to to be able to say that you have a problem and to actually seek help that that's a huge step forward if you know to start with so I do remember you know the early days of the lockdown you had started a call center with the in Maharashtra with the BNC and in 2 months you know you had already received 45000 calls from different parts of the country So how did this helpline come about and one year on how has the response been is it still coming in from different parts of the country uh, how is it been over the last one year uh, so you know we still continue to get a lot of calls and initially when we started we started it when covid had at the onset of covid during the first wave we were always planning to do a helpline but you know with covid setting in and Mr. Aditya Thakre was quite keen that we start a helpline. I I think that was quite foresighted and far-sighted of him to you know want that helpline. So we kind of fast-tracked everything and we launched a helpline. 
and we've been receiving we've received over about 75000 calls now and uh, covering a range of issues so it's uh, you know from the time it started to now of course depression and anxiety frustration loneliness still remain quite the common areas but you know we've also seen like during the first time there was a lot of you know uncertainty that had set in people were feeling very scared very helpless then you know during the second time there was a lot more grief and lot of depression because there was just you know covid with the second wave really i think hit everybody quite badly so we've been uh, seeing you know and and what is quite telling also which is that most of our callers actually have been males along the way so about on an average 70% of our calls are from males that in itself is very telling because it tells you that you know men also go through mental health concerns which normally if it was face to face they would have really shied away from uh, making that call or even seeking help but since they are incognito they feel much more empowered and feel safe to be able to make that call so that that is good and that's bad that's good because at least they are making the call and seeking help it's bad because it just tells you that you know under the prejudice that men are supposed to be strong or men are not supposed to cry they don't want to seek help so that's another huge misconception and a myth actually that you know we are we we are facing and we deal with that mental health is considered to be a sign of weakness so personally a lot of people think that mental health if you have a mental health concern mean you're a weak person that needs to that culturally needs to change a lot a huge uh, that needs a huge shift because when you start believing that it it doesn't really reflect on you being a weak person or a not a weak person automatically you are able to then acknowledge it and then seek help for it that is also a very telling insight that 70% of your calls are from you know male callers yeah. is there an economic profile to this are these uh, like you had told me last time some some of them were migrants wanting to get back to work some were professionals worried about their career prospects um you know it could be someone doing their business facing a financial problem so have you managed uh, you know is there any sort of economic profile that has come through from these folks i think you know i think basically people are from all walks of life so you have you know teachers corporates employees you even have people calling in from rural areas where they're farmers a lot of calls are from rural areas as well a lot of calls from semi rural and semi urban areas we also get a lot of students actually who dial in so i think it's quite a mixed bag really so to speak i don't think that you know we can really put it into any particular economic profile bucket right just to understand when you say farmers call in what is the kind of calls that you get um, especially is it you know during the covid time yeah. what is the kind of um, you know uh, concerns that they raise it could be anything i mean you see initially of course people were also calling because they didn't know uh, you know they just thought that there's a helpline and it's there to help so people would call asking for provisions grains food stuff like that but of course now i mean then it you know as things settled in i think basically you know it depends so like a student would probably be calling up and uh, and you know uh, expressing normal concerns like exams and stuff because there was so much of uncertainty around that or feeling lonely and frustrated because of lack of social interaction uh similarly saw a lot of domestic we had a lot of domestic violence and relationship issues coming up uh you know within a few months into covid uh, men and and ladies uh with farmers and the rural uh, population it was more to do with their work anxiety over that helplessness what's going to happen so uh 
like i said it's a you know a gamut of different um, uh, sort of reasons why people have been calling right so at the moment your helpline is in three languages english hindi and marathi um, are you planning, yeah are you planning to you know add any more because you are also uh, starting centers in different parts of the country and That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we would like to actually because we do have centers and we have one in Bangalore, we have one in Calcutta. So yes, very soon I hope to add uh, you know the languages, the local languages as well as we go along. I think that that will further uh, you know, sort of get people to feel comfortable probably calling in. But any anyway, I think you get calls from across the country, whether it's Jammu or or uh, you know or uh, places in the south is what. i had heard earlier as well yes. from yeah. that still continues actually sometimes we get calls from the northeast as well so pretty much from all over haryana uh, of course a lot of calls come from maharashtra and all the uh, you know cities in maharashtra a lot of we get a lot of calls from chatisgarh as well okay that's interesting are these people who have worked in bombay or in maharashtra that they know about it no maybe not i think they probably get to hear about it you know we 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 we've spoken about it quite a lot in press in the local newspapers also right uh, you know then on social media so i think people pick that up right you have started a more rural and a community connect in jalna i think can you just give us details of what exactly you're doing there yeah so we've just launched this project uh, with the government of maharashtra actually um, and uh, we've called it samvedna and uh, it's basically with a dual objective to address the mental health of rural people uh, so that we're able to really spread awareness and make clinical care available to them which is uh, easily available and accessible um, you know and also the idea is also to increase capacities and also train the existing capacities so both ways so we want to so we'll first be focusing on the awareness building which will be at the district at the village level also train the people train like say for example the asha workers so that they are able to then also uh, impart the training workshops and then you are also increasing their capacities right uh, then we want to also get into intervention so like we'll, we want to make clinical services psychological and psychiatric easily available to the community and like i said of course capacity building is what goes hand in hand so train as many people possible so that eventually then you know each district becomes uh, sort of self sustained so this is to sort of identify if people have mental uh, health concerns in the community to identify that and to help them seek you know uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah also you know the the government already has the district mental health program which is right. running so we'll just dovetail with them and kind of add on to what they're already doing there are already 40 primary health centers so again we'll make sure that our people are also there for clinical services you're just kind of increasing the bandwidth as well and then you're training the medical workers so it will it will sort of uh, you know serve a dual purpose that's very progressive because otherwise i think you know rural mental health is even more overlooked in a sense than you know uh, urban uh, mental health is that absolutely uh, finding as well yeah. yeah absolutely i mean the the lack of awareness is so high and then also i feel that you know i think mental health is given sort of last priority 
And there's so many other things. Everybody thinks that, that there is so many other things which are more important. So you don't prioritize it at all. In this manner, we're also wanting people to prioritize their mental health. I mean, we all, it is almost, we're almost like on the verge of a uh, silent mental health crisis, right? So, and then like, I always feel that a mental health concern does not discriminate against any, you know, age, gender, caste, economic profile, nothing. So mm-hmm. it kind of, it's quite, uh, it's, a, it's across the board at all levels. Very, very uh, pervasive, yeah. So urban India even then has awareness or access to mental health professionals, but at the rural level, not really, because you only have the medical workers at the PHCs. So if somebody has a concern to go to a PHC, itself is very cumbersome, you know. So then that it just becomes very tiresome to seek that help. Right. And like you're saying, it doesn't often get prioritized as well. So Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you did talk about the pandemic and people feeling alone, um, particularly so with the elderly. And I remember you had said that you, you know, you were even getting calls from the elderly. So, um you know, is, is that still, um, you know, uh, do you get calls from older people? Are there some sort of uh, support that that they seek? Yeah, so it's the same thing. Like I said, basically, a lot of senior citizens even called earlier on and continue to do so, where because they're concerned about their children, because a lot of times, uh, you know, their children have been working in essential services, whether it's hospitals, private or government, other key services, and they've obviously been exposed. So I think the a lot of times parents, the senior citizens are very concerned about the health of their children. Right. Uh, also with, you know, a lot of people uh, losing jobs, they were very concerned about, you know, what the future for their children is going to be like. How are they going to make ends meet? So all very valid concerns. Um, so you, you don't really blame them for that. Right, right. Uh, also, what you have started in Calcutta, you had some sort of a support group for expressing grief. I think that was possibly a first time, you know, because this time around people have had to, you know, say goodbye to family or friends without even being able to actually physically see them. So that that was quite a remarkable uh, initiative that you took in Calcutta. Yeah, so actually we started this grief support group in Calcutta and we've also started a uh, lot of grief support groups we started about 5 7 uh, again we have people coming in logging in from all across the country even the world there is other parts of the you know the other parts of the world as well so we've got a, we've got about 8 or 10 support groups running for specifically for grief post covid right. and again two languages in hindi and english and of course in calcutta and bengali right. So what exactly do they do? I mean, do they, uh, you know, do they call people regularly or do they come to the center? What exactly does the support group do? Online, a support group basically facilitates the, the, the facilitators. They're just to help people talk about their issues, what they're facing. The idea of a support group is that you don't feel isolated. You realize that there are other people also with similar issues and you learn from each other. You learn what the other person's concerns could be. You're able to share your concerns. So it's like a community healing, so to speak, you know, community sharing and community healing. Right, right. So uh, apart from Kolkata, you're also now uh, going to cities like Pune and Bangalore. Are these also full-fledged centers or what What would they be? Yeah, Calcutta, uh, Bangalore is a full-fledged center. We're, soon, we're opening soon in uh, Pune, uh, maybe in two months. And that's also a full-fledged center. Yeah. 
you were also talking of mini centers how would that be different from a full counseling center or a support center so like the mini centers will be uh, typically with like say one or two counselors and one visiting psychiatrist and a full center will have uh, you know a larger number of resource people so we even have apart from the uh, clinicians like psychiatrists and psychologists we would even have like you know therapists for remedial education occupational speech therapy have more number of counselors so it just it just kind of caters to a larger audience whereas a smaller right. center like a cell would cater to a smaller audience that's the difference right 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 so um, you were also uh, you know you're also in talking to corporates uh, and at one point you had said you know corporates need to come out of the closet on mental health um, are they being more uh, open now are they being more supportive what are the kind of initiatives for instance do they uh, that they take Uh, so yes they are being supportive def- definitely because supportive in the sense and now they are also opening up to the idea that uh, you know uh, employees uh, also need to focus on emotional well uh, mental and emotional well being they are open to acknowledging it they are wanting to take workshops for the same uh, we have one which is very popular which talks about sensitizing managers and how do you make your workplace a more uh, mind positive one so different kind of workshops that they are now willing to take they're also uh, you know wanting they also offer the helpline to their to their employees so that they can come and avail of it or they offer counseling services which the company pays for for the employees um, so they are they are definitely much uh, you know much better right and now with you know with employees being asked to get back to work i think that brings in a different kind of anxiety yes absolutely especially for and, and children going back to school so then there's a lot of planning and there's a lot of you know uh, worry from from the families i suppose yes yes that is true so that's going to be a big one now let's see how we get back because that is a big concern and one needs to see how we reintegrate back so you had this interaction with uh, amitabh bachchan on uh, you know mental health and i think yeah. he's been, yeah in the past he spoken for to tb and polio and all of that so this was this was really a very different um, you know cause that he was speaking up for yeah yeah no that was very nice he was it was very nice of him to take up the cause and uh, it really adds a lot of it validates the movement and validates the campaign no doubt about it when uh, you know a person like mr bachchan lends his support to it you know it definitely makes people also sort of be alert to it and listen to it with more vigil and also give it then that much more importance right right so now you've had 5 years of work in all yeah. of this and what more do you think needs to be done are there models that can be picked up for other states or other organizations to work in terms of supporting through insurance and uh, counseling of you know and any suggestions that you would you think that really needs to be addressed that's not so, getting addressed adequately yeah definitely because in the i think if the government kind of makes it mandatory like right now what the like say for example the maharashtra government the state minister tope has right. just given us a mandate to reach out and just take it to all his districts in maharashtra so something right. like that if government start if state government start taking up will be really great because then you're really uplifting people right at from grassroots level so you know move campaigns like these or endeavors like these will will really go a very very long way of course and, and i think even for corporates to give it that importance once the corporate the senior management gives it importance it definitely percolates down so just you know getting that exposure to mental health 
can make a very big difference also i think that the treatment gap is really huge and that is primarily because the number of psychiatrists and psychologists in the system are very limited and we cannot cater to the entire population that we have so if again the government can you know increase the number of courses that they have for psychiatry increase the number of seats that you have in medical schools so that more people can get educated and then our more psychiatrists are getting pumped into the system i think that's the way that we'll be able to bridge the treatment gap because otherwise uh, you know we're just kind of the numbers are just so massive that we can never never close that treatment gap and uh, you know integration of the mental health services in our basic healthcare is very key because when that becomes important then automatically it you know goes right down and then people give it more uh, sort of pay more heed to it as well absolutely that's a, a long journey ahead but i think the first steps have been taken so um, with that we come to an end and thank you so much from the business line team and myself thank you for sharing your thoughts with us thank you thank you so much jyoti thank you very much thank you.